Welcome to episode 40 of the Through the Point podcast. It's amazing we've gotten through 40 episodes and I still have people listening. Um, I really appreciate it. It's been awesome. It's super fun to talk to all of you and connect on Instagram and through the podcast and just putting out content for everybody. So before I get into this introduction, I thought I'd say that and just say thank you. This week I had on Kylie Carter, who's a thrower for Auburn, who was the 2019 SEC champion, 2019 NCAA Division I runner-up, and someone with an amazing story to really get to that level where she walked on at Auburn, which is something I was not expecting, but she had an amazing high school career and really just eventually became a javelin thrower. She was messing around with a ton of events, including being a state champion in the shot put and the high jump, a combination I'd never heard of. But Kylie is now training for the Olympics, hoping to get over the 60 meter mark and hit that standard. And obviously, as I said, make it to the Olympics. So this was a really fun interview with such a nice person. You can check her out on Instagram at Kylie Carter. And as always, thanks for listening and enjoy. I'm here with Kylie Carter, someone who has one of the most impressive track resumes I've ever seen, especially in high school. We'll get to that later. It just made me laugh and impressed me uh, when I was doing the research for it. But Kylie, thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I got excited a while ago when you shared one of the podcasts. It was really cool uh, to always get uh, get support from people. And obviously, you have a pretty pretty sizable following on Instagram, so that always helps. But uh, <laughs> glad I could get you to come on uh, uh, and do that for me. It sounds good. Yeah, my teammate was like, go listen to this podcast right now. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's like the craziest part to me is when people like it. I guess, I mean, I, obviously, I'm just the person making it, so I don't like think that much of it. But when people like it, I always appreciate that. So uh, thank you for that. So do you want to just touch base, I guess, on like you're at Auburn right now. Just how is everything going at Auburn? Uh, and we'll get more into it later. But just like how is your day-to-day life at practice and stuff right now? Um, it's pretty good. Um it's just, it's really been a weird semester as far as COVID is concerned. And, you know, we're, we're temp checking into practice now. And, you know, we're trying to stay away from quarantines and close contact. And so it's pretty much been, it's kind of been the same, but it's just like me standing 10 feet away from my teammates in a mask, the whole practice, just, you know, for the hopes of if one person gets COVID, then you know, I'm not going down with them as far as a two-week quarantine and two weeks out of practice. It's just been kind of, you know, a stay in your lane and just like a grind season because, I mean, there's the fun aspect of college really is not there right now. And it mm-hmm. has been, you know, this is my sixth year in college and college has been fun the past five years. Um, um, but I can't say that about this sixth one. It's just been a year of, you know, grind and, you um, you know what you're here for like there's no other reason than you know getting to compete getting my degree and you know hopefully olympic trials and olympics um in the future but it's just been a very self-motivating year <laughs> right absolutely like are most of your classes online or are you taking stuff in person uh yeah my classes are pretty much online i literally am in i think i have three hours left until i get my master's <laughs> degree i i drug it out really long once i came back because i needed to be in classes to compete right. So I'm taking my last three hours right now. So I'm in one class. I think I'm taking one extra class. I'm in two classes right now. They're online, one class a day, Monday through Thursday. It's on Zoom. <laughs> and like, yeah. I can go to class if I want to starting in like a couple of weeks, but I don't even have to necessarily because she's going to do Zoom and in class at the same time. So Right. And, and as an athlete, it probably makes more sense just not to go 
because yeah. it's one thing if you're a normal student and it's like you get it and your roommate's in trouble but like for you it's you go to a meet like that's not good obviously to have that so staying staying or having the zoom option is probably pretty nice yeah definitely it's been uh and also to my class is like right before practice so i'm like walking into practice with my airpods in and my phone in my hand i'm yeah. like coach give me like 10 minutes i'm in class right now he's like okay just warm up when you're done yeah. so it's been kind of weird but it's been doable yeah absolutely and like we were talking before obviously you just like based on location i mean you may have more opportunities than other people but as you mentioned like the olympic trials and olympics are on your mind it's really going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. And obviously we're hoping, hoping the best for you, but just get those opportunities, like you said, to get to them, get the mark to at least make the trials and then just go from there. Yeah, definitely. I think with the Olympics this year and, you know, everything getting canceled last year, it's just, it's just been a time for me to be like, all right, Kylie, like you came back for a sixth year, like, you know, why you're here, like you have your goals, like, you know, get your masters, qualify for the Olympics again. You haven't competed since 2019 at, the USA championships in <laughs> July. So it's, it's really weird to like not have been an athlete. I feel like I haven't been an athlete since 29, like July, 2019. So it's just been really weird to like remind myself that like, Hey Kylie, you're a javelin thrower. Like, you know, make sure you're, you know, staying on top of it. And it's kind of been weird for me just to be here already on my sixth year, but I'm 23 years old and some of my teammates are 18 and 17 or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're the age of my little sister that just went to college this year. And I'm just like, I've been here for so long. I've been here longer than our coach. I've been here longer than like, everybody, but um, I'm like right on that adulthood college kid line. And like, sometimes if I forget that I'm still an athlete, like I'm, you know, doing adult things and I'm like, oh yeah, like you're on the track team, you know, like, come on, act like a college kid, like you're still in college. Right. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as I'm 23, sixth year, like, I haven't competed since May of 2019. So I know, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. And that's just like, a weird thing, especially when it's like, the way that you, there's not even that many competition throws anyways, in a normal season, but it's like, you lose your season. Like, I don't even remember what competitions feel like at, at this point, like, it's seriously going to be almost two years by the time the season starts. So it's just really weird. And like, I don't know, some people were able to get some stuff in this summer, but it's just, yeah, I, I relate to everything you're saying and just like <laughs> thinking about that and it makes you feel very old when they're, yeah, 23 is like, you're starting to like think about real, I mean, obviously when you're younger than that too, but starting to think about real jobs, think about real life and you got people and just like the NCAA is going to be so messed up for so long with the way that they're hand, like giving eligibility back obviously into like football and all those things like that. It's like these, there's going to be 25, 26 year olds and 18 year olds, like it's going to be a mess for people that are in high school. I kind of feel bad for them on that end. Yes, and my teammates, like, they call me grandma already, so, like, <laughs> grandma, like, come on, like, I'm like, oh, my God, like, stop calling grandma, like, I'm 20, they're like, where's your husband and kids, I'm like, I'm literally 23, 23 yeah. is not 35, like, but, like, in their eyes, it is, but, yeah, I would just let them have it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Do you want to go back now and talk about your athletic background when you were growing up, and what other sports you did outside of track? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I was kind of all over the place. Um, I started off playing softball. So I played softball my entire life, um, like from t-ball to high school. Um, track was actually like the last thing that I stuck my foot into. Um, throughout high school, I also cheered too. And we did like competition cheer and, you know, of course, like football, sideline, basketball cheer too. Um, I joined a volleyball team for a hot minute, but then um, 
the junior Olympic season got in the way of like volleyball. So then I couldn't be on the volleyball team anymore because I was high jumping <laughs> for like AAU. Right. Um, and then a uh, track and field started with high jump. My history teacher was like, oh, I've seen you like tumbling and jumping, you know, at pep rallies and stuff like come, <laughs> like just come high jump for us. Like we have state next week. Um, I'm like, I don't know what high jump is, but he's like, he like put his hand on the wall. And he's like, you only need to jump this high to like win. I was like, okay, whatever. So I went to state the next week and I don't know how I won, but I won high jump. You won the state, state championship. <laughs> yes, that is and so, insane. And so then I was like, and like, I had knew nothing. I was like, I picked a trash, like we were in the indoor Birmingham crossplex. I like found a trash can and I saw so I lined up with the trash can and just like ran and jumped. And I was like, all right, I'm going <laughs> to use that trash can for the rest of the competition. Yeah. The bar's going up, but sure. Like, we'll just do this. And so from high jump, um, I moved into long jump and triple jump as well. And all of that was going great. And uh, meanwhile, I was also the center fielder for the softball team. Um, and so that's how the coaches figured out that I had an arm. And so then I just started throwing javelin. Um, they, I needed a fourth event for indoor state though. So that's why I threw shot put that one time. And that I want, that was an accident. I, I don't even know how to throw shot put. I accidentally won that day. I mean, shot put in Alabama is like, in our classification was like not super like great anyway. So, I mean, it was a total accident, but like, sure. Um, Accidentally winning state championships is not something that many people can say they've done, but I guess you're one of the few. <laughs> yeah, and then I tried pole vault one time. That didn't work out. Um, so they pretty much had me doing everything. I tried the HEP once in high school, and then I came to college, honestly, to do, like, multi-eventing. And then uh, javelin just kind of took off more than the rest of them, obviously. Um, high jump, I, I just kind of bottomed out at like, I couldn't get over a five, nine bar to save my life. So I was just like, all right, we're a javelin thrower now. So yeah. that's how I became a javelin thrower. <laughs> so what year was the first year you threw it then? Um, I think it was my sophomore year of high school. I don't know what year that was, but. Like, yeah, that's fine. We don't need the ex exact date, but just, so you went to college expecting to do multiple events and you kind of transitioned into the javelin only. Uh, yeah, by the time I got to college, it was just like high jump was just like not happening and I just like wasn't getting any better and I was just growing up and, you know, just really not going to get further than what I was jumping. Um, but javelin kept, you know, you know, kept progressing and everything. And so by the time like college started, I was like only a javelin thrower, even though I got recruited by like multi-event, I ended up just walking on and being a javelin thrower. Yeah. So I don't even know if this question makes any sense anymore because I was going to ask, how did you manage to train for all of the events at once? But now it sounds like you just lucked into <laughs> a high jump state championship and a shot put one. So maybe you weren't training, training all of them at once. Or what was that daily practice like? Um, a daily practice for me in high school was I was I would like run from cheer practice. And then after school, um, I did play softball and that was like my main priority, like in high school and then my junior year I decided to um, focus only on track just because I was just winning state championships in these events and it was just like paying off a little bit more and I knew that I didn't want to play softball in college I was kind of just burnt out from playing my whole life 
Um, so love the sport. Like I still like to, you know, sneak on the softball field with some of our softball players now and, you know, go hitting, but like, it just, I, my heart was not in it anymore. And I was just, you know, I was getting way more success from track. So my junior year I did, I went strictly track. Um, and so that was fun, but I always just like, I was a high jumper first. And so um, I would do, I would just high jump for practice. And then I would run over to a long jump pit, you know, get some practice in, make sure my marks were good for like meets and everything. And, mm -hmm. you know, work on some triple jump phases and stuff. But like, it was like, not, not like a scheduled program or anything like <laughs> yeah. that. It was like, all right, today, I guess I'll throw javelin a little bit or I'll, you know, Hey Kylie, the indoor meets coming up, come learn how to like hold this shot foot so you can throw it next week. <laughs> right. Like it wasn't really like, all right, you need to do this, 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 and this. Like the only event that I was getting that type of like learning from learning in was high jump. So Okay. How did you know that softball wasn't for you anymore? Because I think that might be something that people are listening or like maybe they're still playing a couple sports and they want to go either way. Like how do you know a sport is not for you anymore? Um, I think it was just a matter of just getting older and just knowing that my heart really wasn't in it and like thinking about college and just knowing that like the softball atmosphere was just not where I wanted to take my college career into. Like I love the sport and, you know, was good at the sport. But once colleges started reaching out to like my high school coach, like I just knew that like softball is not something that I wanted to do um, in college. And I like, I still remember, and I'm sure our coach does too, and my mom, but my last softball game um, of my I think it was my 10th grade year. So junior year, I didn't play softball, I don't think. Um, but ninth and 10th grade, I played varsity. And after our last game, my 10th grade year, all like the travel, there's like travel ball coaches like lined up outside just waiting to like snatch kids up. Yeah. And I never played travel balls. Like I do not want to take, I just didn't want to go that extra step with softball. Um, I liked keeping it, you know, for the school. And me and my mom and our head coach just like cried in the parking lot because I'd played softball for so many years. And I was just like, I'm this is this is the last softball game that I'm playing. Like it just, you know, I just really knew that track was my way, like track was it. And so I was just like, you know, if I want to really succeed in track and, you know, keep winning and, you know, do more things, then like I have to I have to stop playing softball because I would run from the softball field in my like softball clothes and then I would run to track practice and it was just like there wasn't all my mind was not in one spot it was mm -hmm. just a bunch of running around and it came down to like all right you're gonna have to pick you're gonna are you gonna go to college for softball or are you gonna go to college for track and so track it was right and like you mentioned at the time you might be able to get away with that because like you said shot put maybe wasn't the strongest thing but long term you end up at an SEC school like you wouldn't have been able to develop probably the way that you did if you were still doing all those sports at once, like focusing on that. That's, that's really interesting and like good insight, I guess, and self-awareness at like 10th grade now seems so far away that uh, <laughs> really good that you were able to figure that out so early. Yeah, that does seem really fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad that I made that decision, but um, I do, I do miss aspects of softball and I do miss, you know, those team sports. Cause I feel like track, you don't really get that, you don't get really get that bond or you don't really get those moments of like winning something with your team or mm -hmm. like not at Auburn. You don't like, you know, it took 
for me to win a track meet, it takes me throwing far. You know what I mean? It doesn't rely on someone hitting the ball, someone fielding the ball, someone throwing the ball, you know, doing it collectively. So um, I really do miss team sports, but um, at the end of the day, you know, track one. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's worked out for you, so not not too bad. But how do you end up at Auburn? Like, what was your recruiting process like? What made you choose Auburn? And oh, the question, we'll skip for that. Yeah, so just how did you end up at Auburn, I guess? Um, I feel like I was mainly recruited by like smaller schools like Troy University, Jacksonville State University. I wasn't really looked at by any big schools because like I was winning meets, but my marks weren't amazing. I was just beating the competition that there was in Alabama. So like um, I really wasn't getting any offers from any big schools, but like I'd always been an Auburn fan. You know, I grew up 25 minutes down the road. And, you know, my grandfather, he went to Auburn when it was still API. Um, and so he's just like, all the grandkids are just Auburn fans. And like Auburn was just always where I wanted to go out of, for some reason. <laughs> so um, it was just a matter of, you know, what I really wanted deep down and just trusting that it would all work out. Um, even though I had to end up walking on and there wasn't really, I mean, I went on, I came on an unofficial visit but as far as like money being offered, there really wasn't any on the table for me at Auburn. Wow, I did not so, expect that. So it was just a decision that me and my mom made. She was like, if this is what you want, like, I mean, if you want to go to Auburn, you know, we'll make, we'll make it happen. And so I ended up just following my gut and doing, you know, what the little kid in me wanted to do and go into the big school down the road. Um, and then and then Javelin happened for real. And then you know, <laughs> slowly I, I earned my scholarship, you know, after my first year. So, you know, it was just a process and just having faith in, you know, what I really wanted to do because, um, you know, the smaller schools, you know, the money was there, but like my heart was always at Auburn. So. Mm -hmm. Is that the advice you would give to people or athletes in the recruiting process is just follow what you think is right like I don't know what yeah I I mean I think so I think that you know just having something in your heart and you know dreaming big and you know just making the conscious decision to follow what you really want and you know don't settle for it don't settle for a smaller school if deep down you want to get a big you know you want to go somewhere because at the end of the day like if you work hard enough and you know have faith that it will work and then you have a support system behind you like you can make it happen easily but I don't, it was, we really jumped out on a limb and my mom was like, all right, Auburn it is. And I was like, Auburn it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to make y'all take me if y'all don't even want me and y'all are going to get me for free. And <laughs> so here I am. Yeah. That's the amazing part about it is like at looking at your resume, I would have never guessed that you had to walk on there and nev no money offered, like had to earn your spot really. And like to be where you're at now is like a, a testament to what you said is just understanding what you want and obviously there's nothing wrong with the smaller schools there's plenty of people that go there but like it is when you choose where you want to go it's about if you're going to be happy there or not and if you went there it's like financially it could be a smarter decision to go for I don't know how much they're offering you but go for free to a smaller school or do this but like you said obviously it worked out and you're able to prove it so I think that's really cool yes it worked out thank god <laughs> and you mentioned too that you been at Auburn longer than your coach has do you want to talk about I guess having two different coaches and I was talking to Kara Winger I hope she listens I think she'll listen but she was like I was just asking how she was doing and then I said I was interviewing you and she said that she really liked your coach so I guess talk about like the coach you had before just the transition of coaches during college and how you uh like it now 
Uh, yeah, of course. Um, so freshman year when I came in, um, Coach Heltness was the coach here at Auburn. And I don't, when I tell you, I really, like freshman year was so long ago, I genuinely can't <laughs> remember what we did. I, I think we just threw. Like, I feel like there, it was just a total different team aspect. I feel like our team has done like a 360 and our track program has um, since I've been here. But um, I feel like it was easy peasy. We, we threw and we lifted weights in the, sh like in the shed at the track. And like now, like that's not what we do at all. Like we, you know, we're strength coach in the, in the weight room, like with other athletes lifts. But like, for some reason we were like, we were just all on our own and, you know, we were just throwing. And, you know, I learned a lot freshman year, but that's, I genuinely didn't know anything about javelin or anything about track really in high school at all. So um, just learning how to throw javelin correctly was like the main, you know, the main concern freshman year. And I think, uh, you know, Coach Heltness was, you know, he helped a lot. But um, when Coach Evil came in my sophomore year, that's when, you know, things started really rolling and I really started getting comfortable throwing javelin. And I feel like um, my practice with Coach Evil is when like javelin like truly clicked for me because I mean, I'm, I'm just now feeling like, and I've been here for six years, I'm just now feeling like I have a handle on the javelin and I genuinely, you know, could teach someone how to throw a javelin or I'm just now knowing that, you know, being confident in, okay, I'm a javelin thrower. Like, I'm, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But um, freshman and sophomore year, very long time ago, but you know, that transition has been great. Coach Evil has been great for the program. I think he loves track and field more than life itself. <laughs> um, so there, I mean, there genuinely couldn't be anyone better for the job. Um, he really is a great coach and, you know, I know I get on his nerves and he knows that, I mean, I know he gets on my nerves most of the time, but <laughs> you know, it's just been five years of building that relationship with your coach and, you know, that trust, that coach athlete trust. And, you know, he's turned the track program around and, now we have like 10 javelin throwers. We're like a thrower, we're like a thrower school. Like yeah. I, we have so many throwers and, you know, he has people calling him now saying like, I want to come throw for Auburn. I'm like, this is crazy. But um, he's been a really good asset to the um, track program. And he's really kept, you know, I think the throwers are just like really dominant on our track and field team here at Auburn. And it's definitely because of Coach Evil. So um, but I have been here longer than him, and he, <laughs> and he even makes fun of it too because everyone calls me grandma. He's like, even Kylie's been here longer than me. She's been she's been here longer than everyone. I'm like, please don't remind me. Like yeah. I went through so many staff. I've been through trainers. We've been through strength coaches. We've been through everything. But I'm still here. Yeah. Last year though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's an interesting point that you felt like you didn't know the javelin well enough to coach it, and I think that's. Obviously, I would love Javelin to be in all states for high school, but that's a major struggle is that if you do it, they're like, there's not many coaches. Like, there's no coaching available that people might be doing it, but they don't probably know what they're doing. And, and I guess I didn't really think about that aspect of it because there's no – I didn't even throw Javelin in high school. I didn't throw it until I was in college, so I didn't have to worry about that. But, like, thinking about implementing it, it's like, yeah, that'd be great, but then who's going to actually teach the people? Like, it's not probably the smartest thing to just hand them the – big spear and let them just throw it around so that's definitely interesting but uh that's a cool story to hear about uh, with your coaches yeah it's been it's been kind of cool and also too like I feel like especially with Alabama high school track and field it's just you know our coaches they're more of like a 
supervisor. Like they're looking up YouTube videos to try to help you get better. And so when I tell you I came into college, like not knowing how to throw a javelin, like I'm not really sure how I was winning in high school. But like, <laughs> if you look at all the people from the local schools around here, like it's gotten better over the years. Like since I've graduated and I know Justin Carter, like he was at Auburn high school and then he went to Auburn. And then, so when I was still in high school, like I was messaging him on Instagram was like, Hey, like watch a video of me and help like give me some pointers for state. So I was just trying to get a better mark for, to maybe get a scholarship at Auburn, right. even though it, it never happened while I was in high school. But, um, and then, so from there I'm in, then I got into college, then Justin graduated, then his little sister came in from Auburn high school. Um, and she threw better than I did when I was in high school. And then you get the next girl from Auburn high school and she throws better than what, you know, the last person did. And so it, I mean, it's trying to, it's kind of getting better, but like, there's no, like, no one knows how to coach that. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. a matter of, you know, I get little kids messaging me saying, Oh my God, will you watch this video of me throwing and help me <laughs> yeah. do this, do this, do this. But like, they, there's nothing, there's no one else. I mean, of course they have coaches, but like how many people know how to throw a javelin much less right it. yeah that's exactly what i was going to say so you have coaches but most of them are not experts by any means in, in the javelin especially i mean all the events you know, in high school you're lucky to have someone who's good but let alone the javelin of like weirdest throw of them all so yes do you want to talk about what it's like competing in the sec now because obviously the sec is basically for all sports the pinnacle of college sports and going from a high school where you probably, or it doesn't sound like you were challenged as much as obviously you are now, but like on a meet to meet basis and obviously at the conference level, like you can be really, really good and still not get first place. Like it's not a walk in the park. So just talk about like competing at that level on a, I guess for however many years now, but. Um, I feel like coming from high school to college, it was more of a like, especially when you walk on somewhere, you're like, you want to do things to like make you feel like you're earning your spot and you're not just, you know, a dead weight to the team because I mean, you are a walk on at the end of the day. And so you already have this mentality. It's just like, okay, like the same competitor that I was in high school, even though I was winning and my marks weren't that good, it has to transfer to college. And, you know, even though you are coming to Auburn, like you will be humbled by the SEC. So I think it was very vital to me coming in as a walk on knowing that I'm, bottom like I'm at the very bottom and if I want anything better than the very bottom like I'm gonna have to figure out how to throw a javelin or I'm gonna have to figure out you know how to make this work because like you know when you you don't lose in high school just because you're in the SEC you don't want to lose there either like you know a winner is a winner it doesn't matter if it's high school or the SEC so it's just like you have to just keep that same mentality going into college but you also have to be willing to learn and you have to be willing you have to be willing to lose and have to be willing to kind of suck for a minute until it gets better and you know that's what I kind of tell the freshmen too because when they get when I see them get frustrated I just have flashbacks of when I was a freshman I'm just like if I could only show you how I came into college throwing you would not be feeling bad about yourself today like give it a minute take a deep breath <laughs> like it's gonna come like when it comes you're gonna be you're gonna be doing great but when I tell you I came in here worse than all y'all 10 times yeah. worse than all y'all so like believe me when I say you're gonna be okay like you're gonna get through it and so I think you know the very first year throwing you know everyone gets so excited to put on a uniform and to me that was just like so surreal like I love watching our freshmen put on their uniforms 
because like you're in the SEC, like you're at Auburn, like their eyes are just sparkling into me. I've been wearing <laughs> the uniform for so long. I'm like, oh, I want to feel like that again. That was so fun. Like I remember putting the uniform on for the first time. And the SEC really is a shock to some people. But like for me, it was just a matter of like learning how to compete again. You know what I mean? The competition level went up. So my, you know, my level has to go up. And it's just about, um, and, co- and coach sometimes gets mad at me that I, you know, I compete with my competition. He's like, yeah, Kylie, you don't always have to wait to throw far until someone passes you. And I was like, yeah, but like it gets the adrenaline going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, don't do that. And I'm like, I can't, I'm a competitor and I can't help it. That's just how I compete. Like, you know, I was winning things in high school, but I really wasn't throwing or jumping that far. I was just, you know, one-upping the competition. They would one-up me, I would one-up them back. And that's just, the type of athlete that I am. So I think I took the same mentality into the SEC. And, you know, eventually, you know, I went from like not making it to finals at SEC's freshman year. And then sophomore year, tore my ACLs. So boom. Then, you know, then you get fourth place at SEC. So you get a little bit better, but you know, it's in there to like, to just Mm -hmm. like be a winner. And then, you know, then you come back and then finally it's your time to shine and, you know, you win barely, (laughs) like (laughs) you win. And so it's just like, okay. So then you're like, you have to just be confident and own that you're a javelin thrower and own that you're that type of athlete and that caliber athlete and not let it scare you because at the end of the day, we're all just athletes and, you know, a competition is just a competition and that's how I see it. Like, you know, I don't want anyone to beat me at a normal competition or SECs. You know what I mean? I look at it all the same. So, um, you know, the SEC is tough, but I mean, if you can get here or if you can get to the conference that you're in and, you know, be a competitor, I mean, I think it's all the same. So. Right. And I think the nice thing, nice thing and bad thing about track is like, it'd probably be hard if you came from like a small school and you're playing basketball and then all of a sudden you have to like defend and be defended by people that are at a different level. But in like javelin, there's no stopping the other person. Like it's still the exact same event, but then just the marks that are going against you are way harder, which is like the curse and the blessing is like, if somebody was just way better than you, there's not much you can really do about it at that point. But it's like having that, that you can say like, this is the same thing I did in high school. It's legitimately no different. I just need to, improve on myself like I think that's an interesting balance but I definitely wanted to ask that question because like I said it's everybody knows and respects the SEC's athletic uh, competition so it's just like interesting to hear how you deal with that especially like you said coming in as a walk-on yeah I think um I think also too like I've always just been one to just like compete with myself too and like not only compete with others but compete with myself and like I know like what I have to do to like, you know, make myself sleep well at night. You know what I mean? So I know that if I just compete better than I did last time, you know, the outcome will happen. You know what I mean? Eventually you're going to win a gold medal. If you just keep getting better every time you throw and, you know, keep knowing what not to do and what to do and figuring that out within yourself as an athlete, like the, the marks will come and the medals will come, the trophies will come, all that will, but you know, uh, you know, just being better than your, being better than yourself every time, you know, you have a track meet. And I think that's a big thing too in the SEC because, you know, everybody, you know, some people get there and choke or they get there and freak out because, you know, the competition is intimidating. But at the end of the day, like they're, they're athletes just like you, like they can mess up just like you or, you know what I mean? But they also can do well just like you. And, you know, you, 
you're better than you think you are. Like you're, you're not here for no reason. Like right. you're not just here, you know, because you got lucky and stumbled across it and fell into a track team. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's really good insight. Then you mentioned tearing your ACL. I was going to ask about like the highlight of your college career and then the toughest moment. I don't want to speak for you. I would assume that's the toughest moment or at least one of them, but you can answer the question for me, I guess. Um, I mean, also everything is in hindsight, so probably a little biased answer, but I feel like at a certain time, tearing my ACL was like the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Like it was like so horrible, but like in, in hindsight, I think the season getting canceled during Olympic year, during your fifth year is probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me in a career <laughs> because tearing my ACL, I just look at it as something that was supposed to happen. Um, and I'm very grateful for tearing my ACL because I wouldn't even be here and I wouldn't have had, you know, the years that I've had after that if I didn't tear my ACL. Right. Um, and also too, I think, you know, just from like a physical standpoint, like I didn't have Coach Evil my freshman year. And, you know, my freshman year, we weren't really running crazy. You know what I mean? You know, freshman 20 came on hot. Like, it came on <laughs> heavy. So, like, tearing my ACL was, like, it was that thing that happened that just let me rebuild myself from the ground up. And I think I'm just so grateful to have been able to do that because, you know, with Coach Evil's programs, like, we, like, we were running, like, my sophomore year when he got here. And then we trained so hard and, you know, we trained so hard for that year and I got one meet in and it was like the best, like that was like the best feeling ever to throw what I did. I know that year. And then I think, you know, it was meant to be that I tore my ACL the week after we opened and not the week before, because that right. one meet of me throwing, I felt like I truly figured out how to throw the javelin. And then I tore my ACL the next year, but that one throw that I did the week before gave me the motivation to like rehab my ACL. I had the best trainer, like rehab my ACL, get back better like I was running in like a few months like I you know we did that fast and I didn't even have to be ready again until the next March even though I had surgery in April mm -hmm. so like it wasn't really the lowest part of my career I think you know our season getting canceled this past year was but you know the highest part of my career I definitely think would just be 2019 as a whole like the whole season to me was just very uh, I'm supposed to be doing this, and it was just very, you know, um, how do you say it? It was very, mm, I don't really know. It just, it just like helped me see that, like, okay, Kylie, this is what like you're reassuring. Yes, very reassuring, and you know, this is you're supposed to be throwing javelin, even though you don't know how you ended up throwing a stick in college, <laughs> Auburn University. Out of all the things you've done in your entire life, <laughs> you're throwing a stick, but like you get it this is you're supposed to be here and I think you know the squilling that came from my room when Team USA emailed me was enough and then the squilling that came from my room when I was excited opening up my like Team USA package like that was like highlight for me so you know um I'm yeah I am glad that I tore my ACL I don't really see it as a low part of my career but definitely when the season got canceled I think that takes the cake Okay, yeah, that's a good answer. And I want to hit on a couple of things there. But it's really like you said, like, you got that taste of being good. Like, obviously, you're always pretty good. But like, that season right before you tore ACL, you got that taste of like, okay, this worked, like all that hard work was worth it. 
and then obviously it gets taken away but it's really like you said nice or like perfect that it happened right after that so you could just get that and it makes everything easier where if you had done it right before the first meet you maybe not that you wouldn't have come back yeah but you wouldn't have had that same same feeling but I want to ask like because I know your personal best I think is 57 45 is that correct for right now obviously we're expecting much bigger than that but yeah that's what I when I did my research that's what I got but um do you see that year getting canceled for the Olympics as like in any way a positive that you get more time to progress I guess because when I talked to Michael Shuey he was someone that he's already obviously a very good thrower but he felt like he's a little bit on the outside looking in compared to like the other competition not in the U.S. but like world level like mm-hmm. he has more time to now train because he felt like he was a little bit he's younger he's still like training post-collegiate like is there any part of you that thinks that that's a positive or is it all like this sucks um I mean I think everything happens for a reason and I feel like you know there were some aspects of throwing last year right before it got canceled that I'm like mm, I'm not really sure that like I'm gonna pop off this year like I feel like after USA's in July and we came back, you know, for the school year, um, I feel like if you would have had me throw in a competition in the middle of November, we would have qualified for the Olympics. I was throwing amazing. I had like a month or two of, you know, break and then I started back up. Um, and I kind of never, I never got a chance to like get out of shape. So that fall training, it was just like a semester of like beautiful throwing. And then once, you know, the spring semester hit, I feel like my throwing kind of took a hit too. And when I say hit, I just mean like, it just wasn't as effortless and, you know, amazing as it was in the fall. And then, you know, spring break came and then we never returned. So, you know, of course, everything's always a blessing in disguise too. Um, I think if I would have had to compete last year and then jump into the real world, you know, a year earlier than what I'm about to to do now, it would have been a little bit more hectic. But at the end of the day, like, we're still in a pandemic. So like, it's just as scary jumping into it this year, as it would have been last year, right. um, if not scarier. So um, of course, I think it, you know, was a blessing in disguise. Um, but it's just, it's just, it still blows my mind that that happened March, and it's already January. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just show up and throw a stick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I mean, I guess it, it could be a good thing, but I don't see it as a good or a, I don't see any like super negatives about it. Right. It's, been, it's been a hard year, but um, I think coming back to college this year to me has been more about, you know, making sure my family's okay and just being, you know, at home. I've been at home a lot this, you know, this past semester. So um maybe not track related but definitely see it as a blessing in disguise when it comes to like personal life and you know mm-hmm. not you know I'm so glad I wasn't away doing an adult job this year you know as far as like my family and everything is concerned so right exactly so when you get sent home like you said you had spring break and just never went back like what was your training situation like did you have access to facilities or places to throw or anything like what was that set up um, no, I did not. So I was actually at the beach when I got the news. Um, one of my friends was on the gymnastics team and they were heading to SECs and she FaceTimes me and Nate, which is my roommate. He's like my brother. Um, he's like a photographer. He's like the photographer that takes all my pictures on Instagram. He's <laughs> picture of that cow thing behind me. Yeah. Um, 
we were actually at the beach. We got an Airbnb just so I could relax before season. Like, coach gets really mad at me, but, like, I keep doing it anyway. Like, every time I throw or every time, like, something big's about to happen, I'll, like, leave town. And, like, you can't leave really <laughs> right now, but, like, I yeah. kind of today. Um, but I'll just, like, leave town. And we went to the beach for a couple of days. Then we got the news. And then from the beach, they, when they sent us the message and my friend was calling me, she was like, they just made us get off of the bus um secs is not happening coronavirus blah, blah blah and at that moment i had gotten nothing from our coaches like i found out the season was canceled first from like my gymnast friend because like they were literally in season right and so then i get an email that says seasons can't canceled until april so i'm like oh my god but i'm calling mom saying hey mom uh season's not looking so hot katie just said that you know they made them get off the bus they're not even going to their gymnastics meet anymore their season's canceled right now and so i'm like what is going on? And then we get another email like five minutes later saying season's canceled. And then later on that night, NCAA is like no championships. And I'm like, so me and Nate leave the beach um, the time we're supposed to. And we end up, you know, following one of my other gymnast friends to her beach house in Hilton Head. Like I just went on a extended spring break yeah. and we did like garage workouts and like beach yoga. And that was you know, that consisted of my working out for like the next couple weeks. And then from Hilton Head, I went up to uh, the original friend, Katie. I went up to her family's house in North Carolina to tell her parents, hey, semester's canceled, um, no graduation and whatever. So her dad was like, y'all need to get out of here before they lock the roads down. So then we came back to Auburn, regrouped. And then I just did home workouts the whole time. My dad had some leftover weights. And when I say weights, I mean like the mini bar and like the black. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't mean any like heavy duty. Weight. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like in my living room with bands and like my textbook doing like RDLs and like doing <laughs> push press with this little bitty thing, but like, it was enough to get it going. And then I was doing like YouTube abs and like, that's what I did over the entire quarantine. I didn't touch a javelin from the last practice that we had in March until the first practice that we had in really? August. So um, that was a long time without throwing or anything. Um, I just got creative and traveled a little bit, did home workouts when I could, ran hills when I could find one, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> How was it when you got back after not throwing for that long and doing that stuff? Was it like, was there an adjustment period that you had to get there, or were you still pretty, pretty fit? Um, I think I was pretty fit from like March until I want to say I didn't I fell off about July I took a road trip across the country and I was like still pretty in shape for that and then like I don't think I got like unfit well I don't think I got unfit but I didn't think I get like out of shape until like mid-July to like mid-August like when school started so like the very last month before we got back it's probably when I like stopped doing home workouts. Like, you know, I was, I was in between, I was moving from apartment to house and, you know, I had to last minute find a house because I was supposed to be out of Auburn. Right. Like, I didn't resign my lease to my apartment. So like, um, in between like traveling, I was also moving and, um, no, I wasn't really, as far as throwing, like our first day throwing, I was throwing really well. I think it was really nice for my arm to chill out for as long as it did. Um, I did do a lot of push-ups over the quarantine. Yeah. Like, it was just a matter of like training, getting fit, going somewhere, and then starting over, and like getting in and out of shape the whole quarantine. Um, but I mean, I, I was throwing well, but I could tell that you know my muscles were non-existent just from. Yeah. You can only do. 
I was doing like cardio burpees type abs and stuff. I wasn't like in the weight room, like lifting anything. Right. Um, so fall training was a little weird. I never really felt like I just got is like in shape as I usually do just because we spent so much time off. Um, and then for Christmas break, I just took, you know, I just took another break and just let my body chill out for a minute. And, you know, right now we're kind of back in grind mode and like throwing's going well, like nothing's really hurting except for like soreness. So like, that's good. I like to give my body a break when it's needed. Right. Absolutely. And you mentioned too earlier that like when you came back, there was like an athletic department wide, like, I don't know, fitness test, or is that what it was when you were saying like, what yeah, was so in we that? To, we had to complete like seven, I want to say like seven workouts like made not made by our coaches like we were not allowed to see our coaches during these workouts but seven workouts with the strength and conditioning like coaches but like it was across all sports like every sport had to do these and we would come in and like the very first day we met on the track super sketchy after seven days of not I mean seven months of not doing anything we met on the track and we had like it was my group was mostly track, but some of the other track people they were mixed in with like gymnastics, baseball. We had like a couple of equestrian girls in ours, so I really didn't know what they were gonna have us do. But I did feel bad that there was two equestrian girls like stuck in a track group on a track. Yeah. So, but like we're all equally out of shape, so like <laughs> it was kind of an even playing field. Um, but they had us doing like range of motion type things and you know squatting and there was some running involved that I was not prepared for I thought it was type kind of rude but like yeah. um, we did and then we meet in the indoor football facility and do some workouts there but it was mainly just to get you know our heart rates up and make sure our you know nothing's spelling on us while we're doing these so that they could send us to our actual coaches but you couldn't get to your coach until you completed your workouts through the athletic department so that was okay. kind of weird but it was okay. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. But I was just interested and had like no idea what would be included in that, especially if you took extended time off and then all of a sudden they have you running wind sprints or something crazy like that would not be fun. But what are some of your plans post-collegially as a thrower? You mentioned obviously like getting a job is like something I got in your mind, but also you are going to want to continue throwing if you have the Olympics on your mind. So like what are your plans post-collegially and do you have any, I guess, insight into that? Um, not really. I feel like, you know, NCAA, you know, make sure as we make sure as we go out to the world, like really blind about it, especially in the track and field. Like it's not like NFL or baseball where you get like an agent to help you figure things out. Like I have no idea how none of that works. And I think that's <laughs> why I listened to your podcast <laughs> when I did, because like I hadn't like I don't know what to expect, but um my I've just been everyone keeps asking what are you going to do when you graduate what are you going to do when you graduate like I don't know like I have to throw the javelin first to even think about what what route I'm going to take but I mean I am uh, getting my master's in exercise science I'm going like biomechanics route so I mean I have been looking at you know biomechanic jobs and you know for tech companies or like forensics biomechanics or sports performance I've been looking at jobs to do that but you know, you can't really decide and apply for jobs unless you know if you're going to go to the Olympics or if you're going to have a season. So it's just like, I can't do anything until I throw a javelin. And then after that, I still can't do anything until the season's over. So it's just like, I don't know, like if there's a professional career in there or if it's time to get a time to get a job or I don't know. Right. And you have one semester left of being a college student. So 
just enjoy that while you can and don't worry about the job like you'll get it figured out but yeah that's exactly like you said just you got to get that throwing in you haven't thrown in so long that like that might help dictate like you said what you get like if you end up making the olympics probably going to change a lot of things in terms of you won't need to work as much of a job because hopefully people will be sponsoring you or doing something like that so uh yeah i figured i'd just ask about that because that's like such a weird point in life that like not many people experience either it's like you said too as like a track athlete it's not like you said nfl mlb where it's like oh you get millions of dollars of contract you're like well i'm one of the best in the world but i still have no idea like how much money i'm getting so exactly <laughs> not as organized but kind of weird it's kind of crazy it's like a it's like a I don't want to say I'm stuck because that sounds horrible, but like you're genuinely kind of stuck because, you know, you can't apply for a job because you can't start working now, but you can't just like not think about a job just in case the season doesn't come again. But then you have the Olympics and it's just like, let me just try to throw to get to that point. And then like after my lease is up, like maybe I'll have to move back into my mom's house until I figure out, yeah. you know I mean? it's just like a, such a weird time. I feel like I like stuck from finding a job, but like, you can't really do anything right. until you throw. Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of your interests outside of Javelin? Like if you have a day off, what would you want to be doing? Um, I really do like to travel. Um, I will just leave town at any moment <laughs> and <laughs> like go somewhere. Um, but like that's kind of frowned upon right now um, as far as being safe for COVID and everything. So um. I like to go to coffee shops. I do like coffee. I like to cook, um, baking. Um, my family um, threatens me for my banana bread. Um, <laughs> it's been a hit this year. Um, I like to make TikToks recently. I'm probably the oldest person on the app. <laughs> um, and I like to thrift shop and you know do creative things. Right now I'm like trying to finagle uh, like sweatshirts I'm like trying to like design this type of sweatshirt um I just made my first one yesterday so you know anything to keep me busy I'm mm -hmm. like pretty all over the place but you know cooking creating stuff making tiktoks dancing traveling yeah traveling know. when possible that that's what I was going to say was I assume travel would be one of your favorite things from what it sounded like but obviously like you said right now people probably aren't going to like that very much if you're traveling a lot yeah so anything and everything really there's thrift shopping yeah that's a question that I didn't ask a lot of people when I first started but now I feel like I want to just to get to know people a little bit obviously people know you're a great thrower but just like what do you do outside of that and I guess going to the next question is like what is one thing that people would not know about you just from looking at like your Instagram or just knowing who you were um that's a good question because I do put all of my activities on social <laughs> media um I think literally javelin is like the thing that i do least um i love coffee and like doing that type of thing but i mean i guess you wouldn't know from my social media that i like to cook um you know just finding out different ways to make good healthy food has been my thing recently um of course i do like to make like banana bread and i've always been like the baker in my family like mm -hmm. i'll make cakes and stuff when christmas comes around um, I guess you wouldn't know that from my social media, yeah. but I do like to cook. Um, I like to create good coffees in my kitchen so I can save money and not go to coffee shops as much, but I do love a good coffee shop. So um, I think everything else is pretty much on my social media um, as far as like traveling and I do like, you know, thrifting and stuff, but 
you know, anything to keep the juices flowing up here. I'm, yeah. I'm all for it. And I think that's actually something that a lot of the really good throwers I've spoken to have shared is not, not like the specifics like baking and things like that, but the fact that like javelin is something that they do the least or that they have a lot of other interests outside of javelin that it's not just like wake up, throw and lift and then go to bed. Like you have plenty of other things on your mind. And I think that probably helps you be a better athlete and that you have like other outlets of entertainment and things you can enjoy that like, okay, the comp or practice didn't go well, I guess not competition because it's been so long for both of us, but like practice didn't go well. Now I can like do something else and like take my mind off it. Yeah. Also too, I think that's where like coach, like I think coach wished that I woke up and was like, yeah, javelin today and weights. I uh, love it. And then go to sleep <laughs> and then wake up and do the same thing. Cause that's exactly what he does. I know he does. <laughs> I know he goes to practice. He, he like practices us all day long. He goes home. He probably dreams about throwing and then he wakes up and he does it. And th that's what he wants all of us to be like. And I'm just the complete opposite. And I know it drives him insane, but he just agrees with it because it works and it helps me like last year or well, the last year that I competed, like the year that I graduated, I literally left SECs or something. And there was an off weekend between SECs and regionals. I went down to the beach just to relax. Like I went down to the beach and then I came back and then I was at practice on Monday. He's like, why are you just at the, why are you at the beach? I'm like, cause I need to relax. And he's like, no, you don't. And I'm like, coach, like it helps me. Yes, I do. <laughs> and like the other day we had like, we had a report back for like this semester. I had COVID testing at one or like 12 on like a Sunday. I went to North Carolina to play in the snow and we left at like five o'clock in the morning that day and got back at like 11 for me to get COVID testing. Like I will literally just go to an outlet and it just helps me like appreciate being an athlete and appreciate throwing javelins so much more when I can just like step away from it for five seconds and mm -hmm. then come back to it as a whole human being that has it all together. Right. And so I, I feel like that almost helps you realize that you actually enjoy throwing is yes. when you're not like if you throw all the time and you're doing all this stuff all the time, like you don't know that you actually like it until you're not doing it. And you're like, damn, I kind of miss, miss throwing. But if, yeah, so that makes sense that like, if you just, we're doing it all the time. You might not appreciate it the same way that you would uh, from coming back from wherever you're at. Yes, definitely. So why Javelin for you? And like, what has Javelin brought to your life? I guess we talked about, I mean, you said for high jump, you kind of like peaked and that was it. But just like, why did you choose to stick with the Javelin? Just like, why do you enjoy throwing? That's a really good question. Um, I don't know. Javelin's just been one of those things that like, I didn't grow up doing so it's like remotely fresh um, for me um, but of course like like being asked to throw like with Team USA in Mexico for like the NACAX like that to me was like really eye-opening like I didn't really think there was really a shot for me to ever like put on a Team USA uniform you know I was just here you know I was getting my education I knew that I was like you know semi-good I was winning a couple meets or whatever but like I think it was just very eye-opening to see like the impact of the sport on me and then my impact on the sport to the people around me and my community and just being 25 minutes away and just, you know, seeing, you know, everyone proud of me and all over, you know, social media when I do travel and when I do start competing again. Um, it's just been really refreshing. I, refreshing. I feel like it's really brought a lot of insight and perspective to my life. And of course, you know, I got two degrees out of it. Um, you know, hopefully I'll get to like, you know, travel around the world and do it. Um, 
I don't really know. It's just one of those things that I feel like I would have never, like who, I didn't know what a javelin was before I was in high school, you know what I mean? So it's just been one of those things that kind of like, I didn't go to it. Like, I feel like it came to me. And even like when I tore my ACL, I feel like I, I just vividly remember like going down and like the pain was just like crazy and then it got calm and I feel like I just saw myself like waving into a crowd at Oregon and then the next year I was waving into the crowd at Oregon so it was just like very I don't really know like I feel like I'm just meant to be here for some reason and I ask myself and God every day I'm like a javelin thrower like that's <laughs> absurd like out of all the things that I've done in my life like I'm here 25 minutes on the road throwing a stick and I'm good at it. That's crazy to me. Like why, why javelin? And I, you know, I ask myself that every day, but it really has, you know, brought me some amazing people. It's brought me some amazing experiences and I couldn't ask for anything. I couldn't ask for a better college experience than this. So, you know, hopefully it goes, you know, beyond this, but it's brought me so much. I can't even, it's crazy. Yeah, here. <laughs> I think two things you hit on there is like when you were like tired or burnt out of softball at we'll just say you were 16 I don't know ballpark age like at 16 you had already done it for 10 years we'll say too like you've done it for a long time where now you still don't even have that age of javelin like you've only done it for so such a short period that you like like you said it's still fresh to you it's still interesting where people who do something when they're five six years old and do it until they're whenever like 18 years old you might be tired of it at that point where now it's like you still have that refreshing aspect like you're still learning things like you and you didn't feel like you knew it till you got to college so that's even like younger three years I guess of training age or four years but yeah with, and then with the next step like you said talking about traveling the world like that's the part that all the elite throwers love like hopefully you get to experience that obviously as we're expecting from this year but like having that is like the next step to that question or answering that question because when I asked them like, what has it brought to you? They're like, oh my God, I got to go to these places that I never ever would have been to now or outside of Javelin, but it's like, that's the next step. So obviously you're like doing it because you enjoy it and you, all those other things. But like, hopefully if I interview you in a year or two, then you'll have the answer of you got to travel the world too. So uh, I think that's a really cool answer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been, it's been a ride. I'll say that, but you know, I'm just excited to get this season going. Hopefully it starts. Hopefully it please starts. Like I, Oh God, I don't know what I'm going to do if it doesn't start, but hopefully it does. And you know, I feel like I just have so much like unfinished business when it comes to javelin. And I feel like 2019 was like the first year that like, I felt like a javelin thrower. So to me, like I'm a two-year-old javelin thrower in my mind, like that's how fresh it is for me um even though I've been in college for six years I feel like last year would have been like my second year like my second really go at it um like as an adult because you know I just keep you know physically maturing and in the sport I'm maturing and I'm just learning so much and it's becoming like second nature to me like you know softball was back in the day and so it's just like I don't want to just like give up on it because like it's it's too absurd to like not you know what I mean like you can't really ignore it it's just like you would be doing yourself a disservice to try to stop this prematurely. I'm just going to let the train roll. So, right. Like you just got to go all in at this point. It's like, I've gotten this point. Like, let's see how far it can take me. Absolutely. Yeah. So wrapping up here, who would you say is your favorite thrower of all time and why? Mm, that's a good question because I 
am very new to like the track world. Well, I feel like I am. I'm pro- I don't know if I am or not. I'm like, feel like I'm very new to it. So I never had like a favorite javelin thrower growing up, but like just competing with like Kara, of course, I think that was really cool to me. So, I mean, I'd have to say Kara just because like, she's just like the sweetest person that I know. She is. Um, but like everyone's been so kind, like to me, like reaching out on Instagram and, you know, asking to compete and, you know, helping when I have questions type of thing. So um, I don't really have like a, oh my God, I've been so-and-so's fan since <laughs> I was 10 because like I wasn't in the track world then. And I right. feel like I'm just now getting into the track world. But like to me, you know, leaving Mexico in 2019 and then going to Iowa, I think that's where we were and throwing, you know, in the USA championships to me, that was crazy and competing with the throwers that I looked up to or that I had just, you know, just found out about once I started throwing javelin to me, that was really cool. So um, I definitely say Kara Winger just because, you know, she's just a really good person um, on top of being a great javelin thrower. Right. And the part about someone like Kara too, that you mentioned are just not exclusive to her, but she is like this, that like very rarely or in other sports, can you reach out to like the best person and they'll like, be so nice to you and welcome you and like be willing to help you where I don't know just like the more popular sports people would just probably just not answer you they wouldn't even be mean they just wouldn't answer but the fact that she would just be like yeah sure like I'm willing to help you or like do these things like that and like that's my experience with her too that it's just crazy that you can like talk to somebody that's at such a high level had such crazy like uh, incredible career and just like do that I think I mean yeah there's not really a better answer than that no there's not (laughs) I don't know if she doesn't know this. She's probably going to listen, though. I'm sure she'll listen. I think she listens to even the ones that, like, nobody listens to. <laughs> but so she's a very loyal fan. But, like, I would love to do something, like, during the season, do, like, a thrower of the week type thing and, like, interview them with Kara. Like, I think that'd be cool. I haven't asked her about that. But now I'm, I guess, asking her just on the podcast if she listens. But uh, I think that'd be awesome. But, yeah, she's she's great. So that's a really good answer. Well, Kylie, I appreciate you taking the time to do this podcast. I know we had to schedule it a little bit differently, but uh, I'm really, really glad you could do it. It was a fun interview and obviously hoping for the best this season for you. Thank you. And you too. I hope you have a good season. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. If I make it out the sound, no, I'm gonna keep you around. Swear to God, I'm not gonna switch on your hoes.